Hey, Jeff. Hey, Jeff. Welcome to Hey, Jeff, a podcast about Olivia Wilde. <laughs> she be wildin'. <laughs> she be <laughs> doing that. <laughs> Danielle, happy yes. Thanksgiving. Thank happy you. Water. Doesn't just does Canada just not have anything, or do they have like a weird thing that's like uh, remembering day? <laughs> <laughs> we do have our own Thanksgiving. That's back in October. Nothing changes here. There's no holiday here on American Thanksgiving, but we in my family celebrated because my in-laws came. I am married to an American. My daughter is half American, so we will be celebrating American Thanksgiving forever. My American husband. <laughs> How exotic for you. Exactly. Very, very exotic. Danielle, I, one of the reasons we didn't pod last week, I was in Detroit, Michigan, United States of America. Yes. Not too far from you. A hop, I know. skip, and a jump. I know. We could have met Danielle, at the border. Danielle, it is cold where you live. Holy <laughs> shit. It was cold last week. It's hot today. Today it's hot. That's, I could have gotten a nice coffee nice, today. But when I went to get a bagel... It was like 20 degrees and windy. And I was like, I'm crying, but also it You were hurts. like, I got to get a famous Detroit bagel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm walking here. <laughs> so how was your Thanksgiving? It was fine. It What's was your fine. favorite thing to eat? What's your favorite Thanksgiving food? Um, well, we had a, we have a, a not, a not common Thanksgiving. Um, right. My, Wednesday night, my family ordered pizza. Yum. So when so Thursday morning was eating leftover pizza. Great. Yeah. Thursday evening, my family, we don't we don't cook and we don't really care for <laughs> eating dried turkey. So we go out to a, a steakhouse. So I had I had tuna tartare. I had Yum. a steak. I yes. had French fries. I had Brussels sprouts. Did you have gravy? No. Hmm. They couldn't give bring I had a little a butter cake. black pepper sauce. Black pepper. They could have, but the sauce. steak is this is a real this is a good steakhouse. This, you don't it's need not for sauce. The steak, it's you don't for the fries. Need it's it's Heinz fifty seven, baby. <laughs> All right. How was okay. your Thanksgiving? What did you do? It was what did fabulous. you eat? My, yeah, we ate the regular stuff because my husband cooks it all. He's an amazing chef. I did go out and buy the buns, though. So I'm just saying I did contribute in a way. The buns? The buns. You need buns. Dinner rolls. Oh, just like, okay, dinner rolls. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, here they're called buns. <laughs> um, did you get any deals on Black Friday? Um, not really. I don't know. I'm not a big, sh I'm not a big shopper. And, you don't like and deals? I'm What's wrong with you? You don't I like a deal? Deals, but I, you know what? Actually, here's the thing. Like two weeks ago, I went out and I bought myself three different pairs of shoes. Whoa. So I'm like, I'm like good on stuff for Brady now. needed a new pair of shoes. Well, I needed a new pair. So I needed a new pair of sneakers. That's a lot. Yeah. So I got a pair of sneakers. I needed a pair of boots because I didn't really have boots that were good for walking around in the the crunchy Detroit snow. Yeah. I have to go to New York in a couple weeks too. I needed something that could all could weather be or all weather, but could, mm -hmm. you could go out to a restaurant in New York City and and still you know look fashionable, right? Right. So I found a pair of boots that worked for that, and then I saw another pair of boots that I just really liked. 
that were more wow. suede boots. That wouldn't be an all weather thing. I just that was a that was an impulse purchase for Breddy only. Ooh, you got treats. Yeah, yeah, that's so nice. So I don't know. I, I mean, do I want a new pair of AirPods? Sure. Do I need it? I need a. I want to need to buy a new laptop. Sure. Do I need a? I don't know. Like I'm thinking about getting a new TV for one of my rooms. Sure, but I don't really wow. need any of these. I really don't need any of these things. So, yeah. whatever. Okay. What about you? But now everyone knows what to get you for Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> the 16-inch I... MacBook <laughs> Pro. Marco? <laughs> Spicy Marco, are you listening? Spicy Marco. <laughs> <laughs> you taking notes? <laughs> I love looking at all the deals online and seeing, you know, instead of something being $330, it's $328. Oh, I love wow. seeing deals like that. I am very disappointed. I I got I got some like baby furniture for my baby's room, but other than that, I didn't see much. I got to say the deals are very underwhelming this year. Yeah, I, I mean I'm I'm not like rushing out to I'm not rushing out to just rack up credit card debt. No. Even though it still costs money. Buying yeah, things exactly. still costs money. Okay, mm-hmm. great. This thing that was $400 is now 250. I don't got 250. I mean I do, <laughs> but I don't yeah. want to drop it right now. Exactly. And it also is depressing because I use my VPN uh, and so I'm looking <laughs> at the prices of stuff and I'm like, oh, it's it's a hundred dollars. Nice. But then I have to go to the Canadian store and it's actually two hundred and fifty dollars. Oh, no. And that's really depressing. I went on Amazon.com. Shout out Bezos. Shout out. My dog's CBD treats that are thirty two dollars were like twenty three dollars. I was like, she's going to need more of them anyways. Yeah. So I bought, I bought some of those. Those are know? the best things to buy. It was like garbage bags i got the mm. simple human the, the custom bags you know didn't i tell you when i went to miami that's what i brought back as a present to myself and my husband force flex garbage bags because <laughs> we don't have them here <laughs> oh my god you gotta get the force flex well uh yeah. so much going on today we skipped two episodes of survivor we'll talk about that for a little bit but most importantly most importantly we finally watched Don't Worry Darling, 2002, yeah. directed by Olivia Wilde. 2002. We're going to talk the <laughs> fuck out of this movie. This is one of the most interesting and worst movies I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> There's so much to say. We're going to spoil yeah. the shit out of it because you need yes. to. Yeah. And so, you know, stick around with us. This is This is happening today. Danielle, sorry, what were you saying? Well, I can't get into it until we get to that section. So let's just talk about Survivor to get it out of the way, okay? Okay. So we skipped two weeks. Yeah. I don't want to talk about last week at all. What? Last week was the more interesting (laughs) week. I know, but I didn't watch that episode. (laughs) (laughs) I just watched, I just saw the previously on on this week's episode. Very briefly, very briefly, it was when when they split it into two mini tribes and they do two tribals. And the the second tribal sees what the results of the first tribal. James and Ryan go home. It was, it was kind of, it was kind of interesting. The, the best part of it was that to get James out, they ran this whole interference thing by stealing Owen's vote. They told James that they were stealing Owen's vote to vote out Owen, but it was actually to vote out James. It was interesting. Right. Uh, 
you know, following up on a conversation we've kind of touched on a couple times this year. Sometimes when they get to tribal council and they're just like voting out all the people of color, it doesn't feel great. And this was like, we kind of talked about this a couple of weeks ago and didn't feel fantastic again that they're just like targeting, you know, these people. So whatever, I mean, the season's going through, but it was just, we've talked about it before where it's like, Hey, they have the really diverse cast this year, but it just, they see, it seems like everybody of a diverse background is just going home, going home, going home. And it's all the white people right. who are staying. So ultimately the producers can't control who, who, who's going to vote for who and what people are going to do. We've seen the last two years, great diverse winners this year, probably not going to happen. So it's going to be Gabler. Oh my God. Oh my Gabler's God. Gabler's going to win. Gabler's probably. Winning. That's my that's yeah. my call right now. Um because he managed to he's managed to like sort of squeak by undetected at least this in this week's episode. But we've gotten enough information about him. We know enough about him that he's like been set up as a winner. So, I really only had two thoughts about this episode. Okay. Number 1, black looks good on you, Jeff. Did you notice that moment? No. Carla was like, ooh, Jeff, you're wearing black. And he was oh. so touched by the compliment. Well, Carla's, <laughs> Carla's the one who like had the, the dream about Jeff, right? Yeah. They have a little, they have a little flirt. I'm, I don't think it was unreciprocated. Jeff was blushing a little when she gave you him know, the compliment. Have you ever had that in your life where like there's someone in your life who you don't really think much about? In any sort mm -hmm. of romantic or sexual way. And yeah. then you have a romantic or sexual dream about them. And then mm. in real life, you're like, oh. Yes. Oh, yes. A hundred percent. My coworker, my neighbor, my classmate in school who was just like a person. Now I feel like I know you then, incredibly intimately. And then you can't be normal around them. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's where Carla's at. Yeah, and Jeff too. Jeff probably had a dream about Carla, but he can't, he doesn't get to talk about it because that would be inappropriate. That would be. So that was one moment that I thought was really cute. Then I just, okay, we all know Noelle gets voted out this episode, but she has this incredible, there's a luxury challenge. And I was like, finally, a luxury challenge where the luxury sounds good. They get to go to the sanctuary <laughs> where they get to have Pizza, <laughs> Diet cheesecake, <Coke>. brownies, <laughs> beer, wine. I wrote them all down. <laughs> and it sounds, and they get to sleep on a pillow. Jeff specifically says pillows and blankets, not a bed, but they get pillows and blankets. It looked like hammocks. Yeah. Which is fine. Yeah, that's fine. But Noelle, this challenge. All season long, it's like, I've said this, Noelle is a beast. She's like the Terminator. When she gets into those challenges, she's insane. She's incredibly um, powerful and, you know, can adapt to them, even though she has this leg missing, but she has the, I don't even know what it's called. What do you call the... The blade. The device. The blade. Okay, yeah. She has this in place and she's done incredibly well, but she's really struggling in this challenge. And I was watching this and I was tearing up because I was like, this isn't fair. <laughs> I just like, all I could think to myself, because like everyone gets through, everyone's passing her. It's like this long, narrow board 
like balance beam type thing that's very thin that seems like a struggle for everyone, but it's especially hard for her because she has this blade. And I was just thinking to myself, this isn't fair. <laughs> like they should have changed this. Yeah, I was thinking that a little bit of like, well, they're not going to make it so every competition is fully accessible, but shouldn't they? That like, was, yeah. I'm, I'm sure Noelle is like, whatever, I'll do whatever. That's kind of her attitude about everything. Yeah, of course. But I'm not thinking about it as her. I was like, all I could think about is what if she was my daughter <laughs> is how I was thinking. And I was like, I'm first of all, I'm so proud of her. Yeah. But I'm also like, I'm ready to call the producers of Survivor and say, this could have been an inch thicker, this board. What about last week or two weeks ago where they had to do the one where they had to spin through the net? in the mud yeah. and, and yeah, she got stuck in it. It's like, how about yeah. make a net that doesn't have holes the exact size of someone's <laughs> big foot? I know. So her foot was getting caught in it or some shit. She can't I control so, that. I was so emotional. And then of course, of course, you know, I'm all on my high horse ready to be a Karen to Survivor. <laughs> ready to call them and demand a seat to the manager on Noelle's behalf. And hey, then Jeff. she wins. Dear Jeff. <laughs> Then she wins, and I'm like, oh, she proved I was even more proud of her. I was like, oh, my God, yeah. she proved that I'm the idiot because I thought she needed it to be just a little bit. And the word isn't easier. That's not the correct word, but it, it just it needed to be a little bit more doable for someone who doesn't have a thick stump at the bottom of their leg. It wasn't like about the foot. balance beam. She could do that part. Or at first... I think it, she was fine with the balance beam part. It was the part where you had to bend over completely and untie the bean bag right. from the thing where just the angle of it, it made it so she couldn't really move her foot without like completely displacing her weight to one side or the other and falling over. And then she said she was sweating and her leg was falling off. I watched Survivor on Wednesday night at home with my family. And my mom complained the entire time. <laughs> and, but then every time Noelle did anything, my dad was like, good for her. Yeah, for I'm, her. I think it's like you can't help but be proud of this girl. She's amazing. But I have a question, though. Yes. Was winning this challenge the worst thing that could have happened to her? <laughs> Maybe. I, she just lost. What an art for her fell this off the damn thing. They might yeah. have gone after somebody else. They went after yeah. her. I still, I'm honestly not sure why they, I guess because she has such a great story. They were like, let's get rid of her. But I just can't, every tribal this season, I don't see the narrative. I don't understand the decisions. I don't know who's working with who. You know, my husband will be like, oh, did you see that coming? And I'm like, no, I don't know why they did what they did. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen here. I'm in shock every time. Every vote, I'm like, huh? <laughs> Why? <laughs> <laughs> I think winning that challenge and then every we're getting down to it. There's only like seven people left. Three of whom are going to make the final three. I think all seven of them, the exception of Owen and Sammy, who did not, who voted out Carla. Um, I think all of them recognize no one's winning against Noel. You get to the end with the girl with one leg who has it's like spunk, who has character, who yeah. you know is is a physical competitor. She's An not winning. Ass kicker. Yeah. She's a fucking ass kicker. She's like one of the best yeah. competitors in the fucking game. Like yeah. not to mention that like she is 
she's winning a bunch of these challenges with her hand tied behind her back, metaphorically. She's like running circles around like Cassidy and Carl and stuff. Cassidy won the immunity, but like I just think everyone recognized like no way we're gonna beat her in the end between the story and just her competitiveness and her resume, what her resume is gonna be at the end, like how are you gonna beat her? It yeah. sucks because we kind of voted out like the most interesting person in a, in a not Gabler. very interesting cast. Yeah, exactly. Not very compelling cast. So yeah. it sucks. I, I like her a lot. I, it It's really unfortunate that, man, if she just would have stayed on that balance beam and just like could not figure it out, I think it might have been Carla going home, who I also really like a lot. Yeah, I like her too. And Cassidy's in danger too. Luckily, she won the immunity. Yeah. All, our girls who we were rooting for, we were rooting tooting for, they are all endangered. Noelle's gone now. But yeah, Carla and Cass need to get their acts together. I don't know if this is the kiss of death, but I think Jesse is playing. He's he's playing a very good game right now. Yeah, he is. Because he's even though he has had like some good screen time he's very forgettable so he's <laughs> just like he's sailing through yeah i i mean i, I at this point everyone really has, has a shot and like kind of their own their own story even someone like cassidy think, is like well nobody really believed in me everyone was trying to vote me out the entire time like that's a story that's a story that would yeah. survivor a lot Anyone who wins this is such a low tier winner, though, of this season. This is a low tier season. It is. So it's just like, you know, congrats, of course. Whoever wins, great. But it's a resounding meh of a season. Let's get to a resounding hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anything else on Survivor? No. We'll keep watching it. Of course. We'll give you our little updates, but we have other things. It's award season. It's movie season. It's (laughs) rental season. Let's get into Don't Worry, Darling. Spoilers for Don't Worry, Darling, which we'll get to a little bit later. But um, Danielle, what were your thoughts on Don't Worry, Darling? My overall thoughts, honestly, I was like, this is not as bad as I thought it was going to be. I thought it was like a less good episode of Black Mirror. <laughs> like, it was not, I've seen, because have you seen Serenity? I did think of, I have not seen <laughs> Serenity. I know what happens at the end of Serenity. And when this movie was over, I was like, yeah, Serenity. Serenity. Was worse. What a Serenity bad movie that worse. I didn't see. <laughs> Serenity was way worse. So I had no expectations for this movie. I had low expectations for this movie. And this fell very, very, very far beneath them and made me like quite angry. Yeah, I can't wait. Brett was at like frothing at the mouth texting me about this. So I can't wait to hear. So let's break it down for anyone who lives under a rock and hasn't at least seen a commercial about Don't Worry Darling. Don't Worry Darling is a movie where Florence Pugh plays a beautiful blonde housewife in the 1950s married to Harry Styles, who I'm also ready to say, I think Harry Styles was not bad. Whoa, not whoa. bad. <laughs> We're going to get into that. We're going to get into that. Because 
I, oh, I, I don't even know if we can get into it because like you're coming at this from the opposite perspective of me. But whatever, he continue w- your 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 synopsis. He was bad in the reveal portion, but in the like hunky house husband portion, he does he nothing. Perfect. He like, you're always showing him like obscured and like he's always kind of just in the back like doing nothing because yeah. well, it was very clear during this that Harry Styles, Timothy Chalamet, you don't gotta worry. <laughs> Harry's not getting that Oscar before you. But Harry has an it factor. He's just like, he's a charismatic, he's very hot. So like, you gotta admit, he's I'll a hot get to body. The, I'll get to the reason why they cast Harry Styles in this film. <laughs> okay. So they live in a town called Victory, which is in like Palm Springs. It's like an idyllic sort of atomic era, Palm Springsy sort of locale. Desert. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, 15 houses of all identical hot housewives and house husbands who go off and work during the day. They all leave the house at the same time. The ladies spend their days drinking cocktails, going shopping, cleaning the house, cooking dinner, and having a cocktail ready for the husband when they get home. And so we meet... um, Florence's friends, Olivia Wilde and Kate Berlant, who... Kate Berlant was great in this movie. I don't know if I've told this story. Kate Berlant and I were very close to being roommates (laughs) at NYU. (laughs) Um, But we didn't end up doing it. And I have seen her since then. And every time I say, you know, you and I were almost roommates. (laughs) And she's like, okay. Um, (laughs) But she's a great, great comedian. We love Kate Berlant. Um... And then a couple other randos, you know, Whatever, they have a couple. Cares? Yeah, who cares? Um, and then, oh, well, Nick Kroll plays Olivia Wilde's husband. And then he like, doesn't even do anything. Like, no, uh, Chris, I know. She, Olivia Wilde was just like, I want to have some laughs on the set. So make sure Kate Berlant and Nick Kroll are there. But then Jack, I mean, Chris Pine, Pine plays Jack. Right? Frank. Is that his name? Oh, Frank. Frank. <laughs> Frank, who's like the boss. Chris Pine is in his old man era. <laughs> he's supposed to be like the old, wizened man. He's the sort of mysterious figurehead of this. Mm-hmm. They all live in this company town, right? And all the men work for the same company. And it's unclear what the company does. They're working for a mission. Are they building nuclear bombs? You know, what are they doing? And And it's all... Chris Pine has like three scenes in this movie and two of them are him just like coming out and making like an Anne Rindian speech about like chaos and order and men being stronger than women or some shit. And it's like really stupid and almost to the point where I was like, is Chris Pine like actually here right now? Did they just shoot all of the Chris Pine stuff (laughs) on a separate occasion other than the one scene there's a dinner scene where Chris, like where they all go to dinner and Chris yeah. Pine is certainly at the table. But the rest of the right. scenes, it's like, I don't know. Is he, did they shoot this with Chris Pine? That doesn't, doesn't seem like it. I don't know. I just love that it's like Chris Pine was the old, like the guy who runs the whole shebang. The okay. guy who's in charge of everything. Okay. Anyway. So it's a very, some would say I People who fantasize about the 50s and nostalgia would say perhaps that this is a 
idyllic time. I would idyllically like to live in Palm Springs with my hot spouse and eat steak. Sure. And, and that, well, that's another detail we have stuff. to include. Not only they're both hot, obviously, Florence Pugh and Harry Styles, we can all agree, very hot people. They're very hot for each other. They are constantly going at it. Constantly. And they are so hot for each other that even at one point they go after each other at the boss's house and Chris Pine walks in and they don't even stop. They just keep doing Pine it. Pine doesn't stop him. <laughs> no, he's an open-minded he's fellow. Like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> he's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so they're horny for each other. And you know, that's what that's often a cause for concern for an unhealthy relationship, but it, it, they're Too all much? good. No, not enough. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they're well, all good. That's not the problem in the first half of this movie. That is not the problem, let me tell you. So everything looks great. Yeah, go ahead, Brett. I just wanted Enough. to set up. That's the main, that's, okay. the, that's the movie. And, okay, obviously, like, nothing's as it seems. Obviously, Chris right. Pine's the bad guy. Like, <laughs> it, it's, like, quite obvious. Like, oh, obviously, like, there's some sort of mind control going given the fact that every time chris pine shows up for five minutes he talks about like the power of control and the power of an order <laughs> in society like, obviously yeah. he's the bad guy yeah but here's where it's like bad right so like okay florence Pugh is obviously going to be like the person who cracks what's going on here breaks yeah. free from whatever is going on here is it hypnotism what's you know are they building are they just building bombs and bombing people like what's going yeah, on like are we actually in the 50s are we in like a the village type situation here, where it's actually present day but they all live in this weird area like yeah go ahead so what's bad about this movie is that it's two hours long and we don't really figure out what's happening until like well into the final 20 minutes of the movie. Well, and not only that, yeah. but so I'm watching this movie with my husband and he, yeah, we're watching where all the questions are piling up. Question, question. Why is this like that? Why is she like why that? Why is anybody is doing anything? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why is anybody doing anything? Why is anybody acting in this way ever? Exactly. Because it's not consistent scene to scene. This is the issue. Okay. Sh She's the main character, but she's having all these like weird hallucinations and flashbacks. And she's having these episodes where she's like really realizing things aren't exactly as they seem. But there is no rhyme or reason to them. We don't know no. why she's experiencing. She's doing nothing to she's doing nothing, nothing to experiencing. The yeah. only reason she's experiencing them is that she's the main character of the movie. Right. right. There's like, no there was no break in the system or she anything. Doesn't, there's no there are no rules to the world. There are no rules to the universe where she starts breaking them and then seeing that the world is uh you know a false construct. Like everything just kind of happens to her and she sort of witnesses it for no reason other than the fact that a character needs to witness it. So why not have it just be the main character? But there's right. no cause and effect ever it's just every other scene something weird and spooky happens and you don't know why and it doesn't really make sense and then you just move on to the next scene where like something weird and spooky happens like you see this in the trailer there's a scene where she's like making breakfast and all the she starts cracking the eggs and all the eggs are empty and they're not right. they don't have a yolk or, or whatever in them Okay, like, that never goes back. There's another, she's like doing ballet and she's like seeing like 
another person in the mirror who wasn't there. Okay, whatever, fine. There's like yeah. there's all in the trailer. There's a scene where she's like taking a bath in front of the mirror, and then in the mirror, the reflection of her like turns and looks at her, but it's not like her doing yeah. it. Look, it's okay. Why, really... why did that happen? Why does any of this happen? It doesn't. It's not clear ever, and she's not causing it to happen. It, it's not part of the rules of the universe. It's just like a crazy thing happens, and that's but it. Here- yeah, so my husband was like, all right, well, I'm going to go walk the dog. Good. He made a good <laughs> so, choice. So he goes, but listen, they go for like 10 minutes. And within that 10 minutes is when they do the explanation. Because it takes 10 minutes. 10 minutes, they say, all right, here's what actually is going on. Uh, and here's all the information. Anyway, now things are really going to get crazy. So he came back and he was like, wait, so what's the explanation I had to explain? I have to tell him. And he was like, I missed all of that <laughs> in the 10 minutes I was gone. So they really try to ram it in there. Also, like along to your point, there's nothing about flow. Flow isn't like, you know what? This is a fun existence, but maybe I should um, get a job or like do something that I'm not supposed to do. She doesn't ever do that. And then in a normal movie like this, you would think she would try to break the rules, right? She would we don't do know something. what the rules are. There aren't any rules. It's like I know, so but she would do poorly, something yeah. where it's like, wait, that's not how women here are supposed to act, Right. That's usually what then would start all of this stuff to start all of these incidents. It like that would break the facade a little bit, her breaking the rules, but she doesn't do that ever. We don't even know what the rules are. There's one rule. Don't leave the community. Okay, great. Whatever. She does it instantly. Like we don't (laughs) even see, we don't even see what a normal day is like. Like I I thought at first it's like, we're going to go through a normal day here to set up what the rules are of what everybody does. And then she's going to start break or someone's going to start breaking the rules. And so in a way we can start playing with the rules of the universe and yeah. which is how she realizes the corruption or the thing that's going on that, you know, X, Y, Z, Black Mirror, whatever. Like, Let's none of that happens. It's the- just the movie starts and it's like they're in this idyllic world and instantly, like, their eggs are not full of eggs. Whatever. <laughs> we're never going to come back to that. We're making eggs the rest of the movie and we never address yeah. it. Like, the walls are closing in on her. There's people in the mirrors. Yeah. There's one other woman's going insane. Like, there's a there's a plane that's flying overhead. The, the way the visual effects are shot, like it's hard to tell. Is the plane like a hologram or is it not? Is it re- like it's just there's so much crap and none of it really means anything or ties to anything. And it's just like stuff that happens to the main character. And she's not even really a part of it. She's she doesn't really instigate it. She, you know, a, a more common Something that would have helped this movie. There's two things that could have helped this movie, and we're going to have to spo- we're going to have to get into spoiler zones, and I'm going to have Let's to reference it. another movie very okay. soon here. Okay. One of the things that could have made this movie at least somewhat interesting is like if she at least was like really bought in. She was the most bought in. Like we see this in a lot of movies, the changing of the perspective of the main character. She's the most yeah. gung ho you know, like deviled eggs, perfect wife, (laughs) wife, perfect life, wife. Like, and then she realizes that she has to fight against that. But that doesn't even happen. It kind of starts from the perspective of like, she's kind of ho-hum about this to begin with. 
Yeah. So if we were to see a transformation of she's the most bought in wife of she's the one who's the most subservient to her husband, the one who's most subservient to the cause of whatever the company is, then to yeah. see that peeled away and then she leads the revolution against it or whatever, that's, that's actually an arc of a movie. That doesn't happen yeah. here. No. We need to give the spoilers. Okay. So Another, I'm sorry. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> so the other thing that can happen is she could be Neo in the Matrix. <laughs> because well, spoilers, they're in the Matrix? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so they're they are in, in the, Matrix. the Matrix for Jordan Peterson fans. Yes. So <laughs> so in so at one point Florence gets like electroshock therapy and instead of it doing what it's supposed to do which is like zap her back to not asking any questions about why the eggs don't have yolks instead of doing that it gives her even more insight into the fact that this is not real life in real life which is in present it's day very present day 5 minutes in the future sort yes. of everyone has 20, iPhones 20, yeah. yeah everyone has iPhones she lives in, a, like, some city. I think maybe New York. I don't know. But she lives in, like, a shitty apartment. Even though she's a doctor. She's a doctor in her real life. And she's living with Harry Styles <laughs> with a wig. <laughs> and, a like, wig. the worst, like, like he has this, like, stubble beard thing of, like, and he has a little incel belly. guy who can't grow a beard. And, like, acne and a little pot belly. They give him a tiny little pot belly. And he's a loser. Capital L, loser. He, like, sits in front of his PC and he's, like, listening to Chris Pine IRL is actually, like, a sort of Jordan Peterson, Joe Rogan, Elon Musk-type far like right giving advice yeah. yeah about like women needs to be in the you know subservient sort of stuff whatever Rolls, it was great, yeah. whatever and so it's like it shows us florence's work in a 24-hour shift at the hospital and then she comes home and she's like you want to have some dinner and he's like didn't you pick like he's just a loser he's like you didn't get any dinner she's like why didn't you cook dinner he's like I didn't have time or whatever it is. I don't know. And he's like they playing have a fight. The Sims on his computer. <laughs> and she's like, he's like, well, I texted you. And she's like, I don't have my phone in the OR. And he's like, I didn't know that. You didn't know yeah, that. Not- your wa- like, that's like one of the main things I would know about my, like, do you know the situation for where your husband has a phone and doesn't have a phone and isn't, resp- and is responsive or isn't responsive? You probably know this at this point, Danielle. Yeah. No, he always has to be responsive. <laughs> no, but it's no like time. Okay, but if like say he goes out to a movie with his friends or whatever, yeah, you're like, okay, I, like, I know okay. he's like, or okay, you know, or it's like, I have a job. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll flip it on me. I have a job. I work in media. There are points where I'm like really, I'm managing, I'm directing a production, and yeah. I'm like, I told my former my former partner. All right, well, when I'm doing this, like, I might be recording a podcast for two hours or I'm, like, on the floor at, you know, the Super Bowl or whatever, and I'm, like, producing, directing a production. Yeah. I'm not responding to my phone at that point. Like, that's just not happening. So, like, if I were married to – if I were married to or dating a surgeon (laughs) and I texted her at 4 p.m. Yeah. The first time we wouldn't even be married. I said her at 4 p.m. like, yo, what do you want for dinner? And she didn't respond until 8 p.m. And she said, oh, sorry, I was in OR. I don't – I literally don't bring my phone into the OR. 
I would have just known that for the rest of time. And I would have been like, well. For the rest of your life. Yeah. Sandra is in the OR. So she's not going to respond to my text. Why is he like being pissed off on it on like they're married or whatever? Right. I also have a big problem with like this relationship in the real world because you have to show me why they got together in the first place. You can't just show me a gorgeous, successful doctor with her loser boyfriend who seems like he's just always been a loser. Like you have to, or he has to have been nice at some point or like at one point he had showed promise or interest in something in life. Like I, I hate to say it, but it makes me think a little less of Florence Pugh's character. Because I'm like, why wouldn't she be with this guy in the first place? Clearly, she has some issues. I didn't spot, like, right-wing Matrix. That wasn't, like, that wasn't there for me. (laughs) But I did, very early in the movie, this kind of gets into one of my other larger complaints about the movie. Because there's so many, like, inaccuracies. And they're all waved away at the end by, like... Oh, they're in the weird matrix. So oh, whatever, anything can happen. Like, <laughs> anything you know, happens. like whatever it doesn't make sense to you. Yeah, that's in weird matrix. Yeah, that's what they do there. Yeah. I spotted quite early. I'm like, why the fuck does everyone in this movie talk like they're in 2018? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. this is the this is early in the movie when they're having like these dinner parties and pool parties and stuff, and it's like this is like the good part of the movie, like everyone's right. like you know uh, idyllic and bought into this life. I was like, this is this is either bad direction, bad writing. We got to talk about Olivia here soon. Oh yeah, because everyone's just like. Everyone just acts like they're in a Marvel movie. <laughs> like they're just like talking like normal 2018 people. I think and the problem, yeah, go ahead. You no, know, I was like, okay, this was my first thing where I, early in the, uh, in the movie, I was just like, I think one of the possible scenarios here, I think we're probably leading to this is actually modern day in some way. So mm-hmm. I caught that. I want to say I caught that. Okay, you and hashtag Brett was right. Yeah. I think the issue is, like, Olivia went from directing Booksmart, which is, like, a small, loved movie. Booksmart is great. Booksmart is amazing. Like, Booksmart is, like, next to super bad in terms of, like, contemporary, like, one crazy night high school comedies. It is so good. I love Booksmart. Well, that's the thing. It's not, like, high concept. It's a grounded... Down to earth movie. Two friends get she fucked went- up in high school. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You see it a hundred times. It's a great movie. <laughs> yeah, but then the next thing she did was this. Don't worry, darling. Where she, w- I think she got a little excited about the trailer of the movie because that's the problem. She got so excited that she had the money and the talent to make these cool visual things. Because like, cut up into a trailer, that stuff all looked really cool. I, I, this movie was beautiful. This movie yeah. was beautiful. Like. Olivia can put a picture on a frame. Yes, exactly. And like the production design of this movie, the cinematography of this movie, it's beautiful. The costume design of this movie. She was a little too excited about it. It looks great. Like even in the end, when it's like completely wacky town, there are some shots in this world. This is a this is an interesting shot. I've never seen this before. At the very end of the movie, where she's being chased up the hill by the men in red or whatever, and you (laughs) see this brown hill and you see these little red dots kind of crawling up it and it's like that's a cool yeah. shot i've never seen something like that it looks cool and some of this like kind of visual stuff they're doing with like these ballerie ba- ballet dancers and this yeah. like like some of that stuff is really cool the 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 end credit sequence really haunting beautiful composition yeah but it's like 
nothing. So to serve what? That's the problem. What's it serving? Other than going, oh, that's a cool shot. We can put that in the trailer, which is that's the problem. There's no actual meat to this movie. So just to back it up to kind of connect some of the dots here before I go into Olivia, Harry Styles is like all the men in the town. They're like weird incel, gross guys, and they pay money to have a The Matrix installed in their house so they can keep their wives like subdued and like (laughs) have sex with them or something like that. And then they're they can live in the (laughs) they live in the Matrix. Their wives live in the Matrix full time, and then they when they go to work in the ideal town, that's when the men are leaving the Matrix to go to their real life jobs. Yeah, to pay so that for they can it. pay to keep the Matrix running. Yeah, whatever. So that's that. And it's like all about these men controlling these women. What does this say, Danielle, about Jason Sudeikis? <laughs> I don't want to be married. Does, I, were they even married or did they just have kids together? Go I ahead. don't know. Yep. Does this, I, I, so this is my, one of my thoughts. Does this, is this movie, as bad as it is, as much as Olivia Wilde seems potentially like a problematic person to work for, work with, is this movie a condemnation of being married to Jason Sudeikis? Is Jason Sudeikis Harry Styles or Nick Kroll or like one of these like guys who, who are like, keeping their wife in a little box as their little sexual plaything. <laughs> I think for sure. And I don't blame her one second. I knew we all know that Ted Lasso is secretly evil. I don't I'm team Olivia when it comes to Sudeikis V Wild. <laughs> like I so if it is and it spoke to her, good for her for ha- being able to get it out and make a movie out of it. I'm sure it was very therapeutic. But you're brushing over what I thought you were going to talk about, which is that I have so much more. This movie, yes, all of the men are paying to do this, except for Olivia Wilde's character, who is she's turns the breadwinner. <laughs> what? She's the breadwinner. She's a doctor. She's the one who's like, actually, I pay to do this. I want my husband and kids in this world because in this oh, world, yeah, my kids we, aren't yeah, I, dead. I, yeah. Yeah, oh, sorry. But then I, we get no information about that. I talked over you. I apologize. Just to, to if you want to say that again, I'm sorry. Because I, so, I got confused with another person. Olivia Wilde, who is Florence's best friend in the world, it is revealed that she is actually the one who wants to keep her kids and husband in this world. She's the incel because... In the real life, somehow her kids are dead, I think. Yes. But we don't under, we don't hear anything about that. We don't understand any of this. And in this fake world, she's always sick and tired of her damn kids and always trying to get warrants to play with them. So <laughs> I don't really get Olivia it. Olivia Wilde. Okay, so we uh, there's the super text, the sub to whatever of like, what is this? What is this saying about Olivia Wilde's actual relationship to her husband? The fact that she makes a movie about like being controlled by her husband and put in like, yeah, a whatever matrix. Then there's the other thing of like, for the first a hundred and ten minutes of a hundred and twenty minute movie, Olivia Wilde's character is like, "Fuck my stupid kids, give me another cigarette," mm-hmm. and. 
anytime this movie needs a reaction shot of anybody, because there's lots of scenes where Olivia, for the most part, Olivia Wilde's character does nothing in this movie. She's just like the sassy best friend. friend. Yeah. And you can just tell, uh, you, you know, when like the director, you know, when Alfred Hitchcock is like puts himself in a movie, but he's like a fat man eating a donut at a cafe and he walks away. <laughs> Olivia Wilde is the opposite of that, where anytime the camera needs to show like anyone like having a wild YouTube thumbnail reaction, <laughs> it's like cuts Olivia Wilde being like, what? <laughs> oh. And it was just, I don't know, it just felt a little bit for most of the movie, like, Whenever they didn't know like what to do or they needed an insert shot of some character doing something, they always needed to show Olivia Wilde because it was like, well, the director was just like choosing to put herself in the movie more. Well, originally she was supposed to play Florence Pugh's uh, part, uh, supposedly, but she decided she wanted a younger, she wanted to go younger. Too old. Leads. Yeah. Um, we also need to get to the part. Okay. <laughs> So Chris Pine is the boss of this world. He's the Jordan Peterson, the Andrew Tate, the Joe Rogan, whatever. So he created it. He's the boss. Florence Pugh discovers what's going on. She tries to escape. And she's like trying to escape. Nothing really that they couldn't come back from has happened yet. She's just on her way to escape the world. And even if she does, she's just one person escaping the world. That doesn't mean that they can't keep doing the world and doing this weird experiment that they're doing. But Chris Pine gets a phone call. Florence Pugh has escaped. He tells his wife. Gemma his Chan. wife. Gemma I mean, Chan. to talk about Gemma Chan. In this Gemma scene. Chan immediately stabs him. For no reason. For no reason. Gemma Chan's been in this movie and she is the most like violently pro whatever is happening person exactly. in this movie. Anytime like anyone challenges Chris Pine, she's like getting out there and making an even more hardcore speech about why women should be subservient to men yes. or some shit. It's just, she's like so pro Pine this. in this movie. There's yeah. like a scene where they're all out to dinner or whatever, and Flo is breaking down and trying to reveal that Chris Pine is like the baddie all along. The end of the scene is Gemma Chan's character, Chris Pine's wife, like completely shutting her down and being like, You're crazy. And like, that's the button on the scene is this intense yeah. speech from Gemma Chan being like, No, you, the woman's place is shutting the hell up or whatever. Yeah. The, the speeches and that, that's it's not what Chris Pine says in the scene it's what Gemma Chan says in that scene that's like the powerful ending of that scene right so you think these are, this is like a power couple yeah. so they're both bought in so maybe even he didn't even have to put Gemma Chan in the matrix because she loves what he's saying so much and she agrees that's what you would think but for whatever reason there's no inkling yeah, that she disagrees with what is <laughs> happening here or that she's unhappy in any way but for whatever reason, Florence is just making a run for it. She could still get caught and they could nip this thing in the bud. But he gets the phone call that she's running and Gemma Chan immediately kills Chris <laughs> For no reason. And then she's like, because women need to be free or something. It's like, yours, I did not feel that your character no. felt this way at all in this film. I didn't know that. It was so strange. But also, it could still turn around where they catch her. Like, I thought it was a preemptive kill, even if that's what she wanted. <laughs> and at this point, like, we're completely in wacky town. Like, we're in the Matrix, yeah. and it's like, they just keep adding rules onto the movie. They're like, oh, yeah, um, 
the kids are all fake. The kids are all like hologram projections. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you die in the Matrix, you die in real life. It's taken from the movie The Matrix. And all, all she had to do to, I guess, escape the Matrix and get back to her apartment in her shitty apartment where she's an OR doctor was go into like this building. Yeah. She just had to enter. It's very building. far away. It's on top of a mountain. Yeah. Um, <laughs> There's so just, much going on here. There was a lot going on. I did like a lot of the dresses. And I did like... Well, here's another thing. So they're having all this hot sex. Oh, yeah. They are. They can't keep their hands off each other. A lot of oral and this. Not much and trusting. It, they, the movie... Yes. And the movie makes a point of being like, Florence is the one getting off. Florence is the one who's usually... You know, ladies first. We don't see her do it reciprocating on styles. Yeah, that's we one do thing love we that. can agree on in my leftist world and in the Jordan Peterson world. And in yeah, exactly. But so I'm just like, what was the movie trying to say? That was Harry Styles trying to do this in their real life, and Florence wasn't letting him. Oh <laughs> like, God. I just didn't really understand understand that tact. And to of just the movie. come back to this. Harry Styles is like obscured for the first hour of this movie. He like does nothing. He's kind of just like he in leans the background. Against the car. He's leaning against the car. He's just like, okay, whatever <laughs> you want, babe. Well, I have to He's go to work. Good. And he just doesn't say anything. And I was like, I know he was in Tenet. I know he's in some other movies coming up or whatever, but I was like, oh, Harry's Tenet? not a Harry doesn't have it as an actor. And it was there. And no, then, he has it. He doesn't. He he he's, ha- he's a star. Himself. I mean, he's a star. People he's are going to see it because he's a popular music star. It's like putting Britney Spears in a movie in yeah, 1999. Crossroads. 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 Yeah, she was pretty good. <laughs> she wasn't in many more movies. <laughs> and then two things happen. One, I mean, he was just doing what the script says. There is a scene where he's trying to make mashed potatoes with a bottle of scotch. Uh, yeah. And I'm like, what's going on here? And it was like, yeah. oh, because he's such a stupid man that men don't know how to mash. Like, they don't know how to use a potato masher. So he's just literally taking a bottle, of, like the bottom of a bottle of scotch and like stomping the potatoes. Okay, that was just weird. Bad. That was something. so weird. And I found that so frustrating to, to watch because like he's just making a bigger mess that Florence is going to have to clean up eventually. She's like very charmed by it. But I was like, this is so annoying. Just let weird. her take over and make the dinner like this. At that point, it is not a sweet gesture. If you're making a huge mess in the kitchen, it's actually really annoying. If it just reminded me of like most commercials from the 1980s to now where it's like, I'm a wife and I know how to use the Swiffer wet jet, whatever. And then it's like, <laughs> I'm the husband. I put, I eat mud and I fart it out everywhere. It's like, you, oh, you can't use your lawnmower inside, honey. Like it was just one of those commercials. Like there's a very common brand of commercial where usually for like home goods or something like that, where it's like the man is like, completely doesn't know how to like put on their shoes or do anything without literally burning the house down. And right. the, the, the sensible wife has the Glade plug-in that can solve it all. I just like, I'm trying to put myself into a man's shoes because this movie insists that a man's me? ultimate fantasy 
is to go work a job at least eight hours a day so that you can afford to keep your wife plugged into the matrix. So like basically you're still working really hard so that you can go home to the fifties. You spend like, you know, three hours at home with the wife where you, she cooks your dinner and then you <laughs> eat and you do it. But then you have to wake up and go to work again the next day. That's the fantasy. Let's say, let's say for sake of argument, I know like we call him a loser. She gets home from like the opera, the OR, and he's like yeah. on his like desktop PC, like playing video <laughs> games or whatever. Let's say yeah. for the sake of argument, he has a job here and that we're okay. just catching him in his off hours. He's bored because his <laughs> wife isn't home. Yeah. I would say taking <laughs> the doctor out of the dual income scenario I don't know how that pays for the matrix. Well, I just like, I actually think for a lot of guys, his life before was the fantasy because he gets to stay at home all day. Play video games? Play video games. (laughs) And the the wife's bringing home the bacon. Yeah, occasionally they have a little fight and it sounds like they're not doing it, which I'm sure is very upsetting. But like, I don't know. It's not that bad of an existence. And also, where's the hospital? There's like, why did our doctor not show up for four months? <laughs> also, I mean, if there's I know all these doctors, women being plucked out of society who have like normal jobs and shit <laughs> and like families and stuff, I know. Um, not to, I know doctors are young. I gave birth last year and I saw a lot of doctors are young these days. Okay, honey. But if I'm being wheeled in. If I'm being wheeled into the operating room and I see Florence Pugh washing her hands, I'm like, I'm not making it out. She is too young. I want Gabler operating on me. I'm actually the opposite. I want young, because the young doctors, they just read the books. They know what's going on. The worst thing is when you see a doctor who's 70 and they're like, they've stopped going going to conferences. They stopped reading books. They stopped reading the reports. They stopped reading the studies. And they're just like, yeah, I know how to get skin cancer out. In my day, we burned it out. I guess so. Also, I just, yeah. The Matrix exists. The Matrix exists. Yeah. Fortnite, Metaverse, Zuckerberg, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's there. We have it. Yeah. And there's like a line, like a computer reads a line like, currently 70 people logged in. <laughs> the Matrix <laughs> existed, only 70 people are there? <laughs> so like, live out a weird right-wing, like, 1950s, like, Well, that's the thing. How much did it cost? How, is, how is Harry Styles suddenly able to get a job to payroll this fantasy and he couldn't get one before. This has to cost at least $300,000 so expensive. A year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's so expensive. Like, what the hell? Also, I love that Harry Styles in the real life is American, but then chose to be British in the fantasy. <laughs> okay, so the other Harry Styles thing, there's like a big scene in, yeah. this, in the center of the movie where they go to this like nightclub situation. <laughs> In, in the oh 50s. my god <laughs> yes I'm, I'm so glad you brought this up i brought this up at the thing chris pine stands up he gives a speech about order and versus chaos and traditional gender roles whatever it's like yeah. it's just every every line for pine is the same in this movie and then he's like i'm calling up harry styles uh please come to the stage or whatever you've been one of our best workers and like i'm giving you a promotion to some new title or whatever and then yeah. He gives him this this ring of like signifying like he's in the brotherhood of the pact or whatever. Yes, yeah. And 
Harry has this like look of terror on his face as he starts un- they're all wearing like tuxedos. He starts undoing yeah. his tuxedo jacket like almost like he knows what's about to happen. And then the next scene is Harry Styles. This is why Harry Styles is in this movie. This is the only reason why Harry Styles is in this movie. <laughs> Harry Styles then proceeds to like do this little like 1920s tap, tap dance thing. And he like doesn't look like he's enjoying it, but he's doing it really well because he's actually Harry Styles, a professional dancer. Um, and he's just like doing this tap dance, like, hey, scabadoo, <laughs> sort, of, <laughs> sort of thing. <laughs> And while Chris Pine is like screaming faster, faster, faster. But it's like, yeah. it was like, it's hard because the movie just sets up so much shit and you can't tell like, oh, is this like, does this just happen all the time? My reading is right. like, oh, when you get the ring and you get the promotion, you have to do the little like flapjack Charleston dance. Yeah. It was no Cuban Pete. Let me tell you. <laughs> it was, no, but it was like so, so similar. And, and you're like, okay, is this why, is this why... He's in the movie because, like, they needed one guy to dance in one scene. And you can go next. I think I know where you're going. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. What's your conclusion to that thought? I don't have a conclusion to that thought. I have another thing I want to talk about in the same scene. Okay, well, here's my problem. Harry Styles, for all of his charms, One Direction was not a dancing band. They actually are not dancers. They suck. They're bad dancers. Oh, Harry Styles, especially bad. So my whole thing was like, why would they put, why would they make him? That's not, they Timberlake's cut to the wide, too old. honey. Timberlake's too old. They cut to the wide though. That was not him doing oh. anything that looked good was not him. I promise you. Then why and did then they have when him in cut, this movie? I thought that was like the only reason they had him is because there was a scene where he had to like tap dance. I promise you, any of the tap dancing that looked good was from behind or in a wide where his face or was Or was it close up of the feet only? Yes. And then you'd cut you'd cut to like mid-range. You'd see just his upper body moving. And that looked really bad. So I'm telling you, it was that's not That's crazy. Scary. That's crazy. Yeah. No. That's, Timber, if, if this movie was made 10 direction. years ago, Timberlake. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he would have been in it. Um, oh, another thing is happening yeah, in this movie. Another thing, yes. <laughs> Dita Von Teese. Yes. <laughs> I am not having a stroke right now. Dita Von Teese <laughs> is a actress. She's a burlesque dancer. Like she is a fame famous for being a burlesque dancer. She's uh yeah, she's in this movie. She's actually <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I was I actually was going to submit a question to you. I'll submit this question now. I think I might actually know the answer. Dita Von Teese is in this movie. She's like a famous burlesque dancer. She's in these like weird. She's having a flow is having all these like weird flashbacks to like there's like this ballet troupe and they're like creepy and they're like in yeah. black and white or whatever. And then Dita Von Dita Von Teese is like in this troupe, right? In these like yeah. weird flashbacks. And then in the nightclub scene, it's. Chris Pine's birthday or whatever. And Dita Von Teese is there in like a sexy champagne outfit. And she's like dancing and she's like doing this burlesque routine, like happy yeah. birthday, Mr. President sort of style in mm-hmm. this like giant champagne, champagne. glass yeah. or whatever. Yes. And Flo makes eye contact with her and there's like a quick thing like where she recognizes, oh shit, this is the girl who I'm seeing in the in the flashbacks. What are my hallucinations? Is Dita Von Teese 
playing herself in this film? I, that's a great question. Um, I don't think so. I think she's just meant to be another famous burlesque dancer in the world of Don't Worry Darling. Well, oddly enough, I'm at the IMDb full cast and crew page for her. Okay. Don't Worry Darling. And yeah. on the it says Dita Von Teese, and her character's name <laughs> is Dita Von Teese. So they're they just paying like- famous American burlesque dancer DVT to just like, you know how like Marshmallow or like Travis Scott does concerts in Fortnite? Yeah. That's yeah. what DVT does. <laughs> they should have na- like just named her like Rita Dawn V or something. <laughs> <laughs> like they should have just switched it a little bit. Or just uh, like Sexy Bird Last Dancer 1. <laughs> You guys, we could talk about Don't Worry Darling for hours, but we do have a couple questions that I want to get to. <laughs> are we going to have to do a second pod like we did for Top Gun? I think we might, well, I had another movie that I wanted to talk about, too, <laughs> that I watched last night and that I I'm honestly s- love. I'm sorry. From Paige's Conscious, what are your favorite kinds of Xmas cookies? Oh <laughs> Mine's gingerbread men. I'll be. That sounds good. I don't, whatever cookies they got, man. Like maybe some sort of like, yeah, ginger is good. I don't like a nice, I don't don't know. I'm not, I'm not like a big Christmas guy. Like I'm not opposed (laughs) to it. It makes me feel good in my heart. You know what made me feel good yesterday? I connect to, because I'm a lonely, sad person. I connect to a feeling of loneliness over the holidays, like warm loneliness. Mm, I was at the supermarket yesterday by myself and I was like pushing my cart and it was just like kind of a weird time of day. There weren't many people there and there was like holiday music playing and I'm just like, here I am pushing a cart by myself (laughs) on the holidays (laughs) as like rocking around the Christmas tree plays. And like, there's sort of like this like (laughs) dichotomy of like a warm, warm music with a very sad, fluorescent, lonely scene. And like, that's something I connect to every, every holidays. So I, I don't know what the, I don't know, gingerbread, oatmeal, oatmeal raisin. (laughs) So in the meantime, yeah, exactly. Your favorite cookie is oatmeal raisin is not a uh, Christmas I don't know what a Christmas cookie is. What's a Christmas cookie? Gingerbread man. Name another one. Give me other options. Uh, Sugar cookie. (laughs) That's a year-round cookie, but sure. Thumbprint. Also year-round cookie. I love a thumbprint. I didn't know that was a Christmas cookie. Rugula. Rugula? Yeah. No. <laughs> um, the, the saboteur BB wants to know, have you all talked about the Taylor Swift Ticketmaster fiasco yet? No. I somehow managed to score tickets to, be, <laughs> to back-to-back nights in Cincinnati because who the fuck would ever go to Ohio? <laughs> Honestly, that was a really good hack because that's what everyone should have done. Just buy tickets in cities that no one really wants to go to. Um, I don't think there's much we can really say about the fiasco other than like we haven't talked about breakup monopolies. Yeah, we haven't talked about it since we haven't because we haven't done a pod in the last two weeks. We have to wrap up, but I do really. (laughs) I just want to say, I watched a movie last night. Okay, called Benji the Hunted. What the fuck? Really need to talk about it. We'll have to wait till next time. We have to wait till next time. 
All right. And we'll talk the rest about Don't Worry Darling. But Maybe I'll watch just it. Everyone, everyone look up. It's on Disney+. Plus. Oh, this Benji, movie is not from hunted. any time. In, this movie is from the year <laughs> of my birth. It's an incredible film. We'll talk about it later. Thank you for your questions. Thank you for waiting so patiently for the Don't Worry Darling part, pod. I do think we will have to talk more about it next time. There's so much, there's so much left to talk about. Yeah. Um, all right. And then we'll have other stuff. We'll talk about Benji the Hunted too. Um, <laughs> thank you all so much for sending in your questions and comments at HeyJulieBB on Twitter. And we did get receive an email as well. HeyJulieBigBrother at gmail.com asking about a Discord. We haven't gotten around to it, but maybe we will. Um, I do think it is a good idea, but we'll see. All right. Bye. Olivia Wilde. Bye, Florence Pugh. <laughs>